Hello, welcome to ASI. This is episode 50. I know, I've been out for a while. I've not put up a show in a in a many weeks, I believe. I don't know, three, four weeks. It's been since I've done a show, and I want to do, uh, talk about why, talk about where I've been, talk about what's been going on with me, but more importantly than that, what's been going on with us. And when I say that, I, I mean me and my wife and our relationship with God and what that, what that all means and where, where we've been. But basically, my wife is, has been wanting to connect and I've not seen it as that. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about um, titling this show um, Love and Relationships and Identity. My wife has been trying to connect with me. And I think she's been trying to connect with me through basically just trying to get at my heart. And I've been putting up walls. And I think that's as addicts we do that. You know, we we put up walls and, and barriers and barricades in front of our spouse who we think is trying to harm us. But basically she's trying desperately to connect and that's part of her identity. And some women just like, why do you stay? Why do you stay with a guy like that? What are you doing with a guy like that? And she'll say, oh, I don't know, because I love him. I love him. And deep in her heart, guys, deep in her heart she does. She loves you. And when she's what feels like shaming you, what feels like her contempt for you, what feels like, um, you know, judging you, uh, picking at you, nagging you, basically what's under that is she's trying desperately to connect with your heart by breaking, trying to break through this wall of surface identity that you've built, you know, whether it be your car or your, you know, your whatever things that you have. Basically, in her heart of hearts, in her own identity, down deep in her heart, she's asking you, she's saying, of all the things under the sun, my love, am I the most important? Am I the most precious? I've really seen God has really shown me that through the past couple years that this is really what my wife has been wanting me to do. And I've been trying desperately to stay alone because that's who I have been. A guy who's alone and a guy who's trying to stay alone. So I've had addictions. I've had hobbies. I've had things that I've been doing to try and, in my heart, you know, not in my surface. I've always thought that I have to fake it for my wife. I have to show her this other identity because if she really knew down deep in my heart who I really was, she would reject that. And that's just not the truth, guys. It's just not the truth. She's she's your helper. She's, you know, this this is part of your relationship with God is connecting with your wife looking through the words and into her heart, you know, words are such a, a, a shallow, surfacey way of communicating. 
her heart is trying to be filled, trying desperately to to get to get you to get her, to get you to to know her, to get you to understand her deep in her heart. I wanted to play a song. It's a great song by a band called Black Lab. It's called The Real You. Here you go.
song, that song speaks to me of a guy who's who's trying to to get his woman to see the real her and and in turn finding out the real him, you know, the the real identity of the couple because we're not two, we're one. You know, you get married, man, you're one. You become one. And it's, that's just so true. Um Basically, uh, for I'm going to speak to those who are new to the show a little bit here. Um, I have been the guy who has tried on my own for many years, trying to manage my behavior. You know, just trying to attack the behavior. Let's go and and get the get rid of this behavior unsuccessfully for years, especially in the arena of sexual addiction. I've been able to come, I've uh, you know overcome drug addiction, alcohol, you know drunk all the time, stuff like that, and basically where I've been with with sexual addiction, it is so close to the heart, and it, it, and it cuts so deep, it's, it's very, very, it's close to your soul, man, sex is, and my relationship with God basically is what has got me free more than, than anything else, um, my relationship with, with God, and that's not religion, all right? Just to let you know, I, I'm not Mr. Religion. I, I can't stand religion, actually. It puts a block up in front of a relationship with God. Um, I like psychology, but I think psychology only goes so far. I'm a psychology geek. I, I love this stuff. I love, I love that stuff. But the facts are, psychology only goes to a certain level. I'm not the guy... Who gets over addiction? All right, I'm not the guy who's got the willpower to do the things that I've done. I'm, I'm just not. I'm, I'm massively undisciplined. I'm not the. I'm just. I'm, I'm the guy who, who basically ends up at a young age on a slab with a toe tag. All right, I'm the guy who is in prison. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. That's, that's where I, without the grace, Jesus has slathered over me. I, I, I'm that guy. All right. Um. Jesus, I believe, is God in human flesh. When he was here, he was God walking around in human flesh. And the reason I I don't just believe that, but I abide in it, I walk in it, is because that has been the proof of God to me. It's because I'm not the guy that overcomes addiction. It, it, without Christ right there by my side through a lot of this stuff... There, there just was not gonna. It just was not gonna work. It's just no way. He didn't do it for me. He walked me through excavating my soul. All right, and now I'm talking. I'm not talking about behavior here. I'm not talking about you know the twelve steps. I'm not gonna go into that. Basically, my freedom has come in layers of of getting deep into my heart and pulling back the layers of my soul. Um, and I will go into that later on in some future shows. I mean, don't think I've abandoned um, psychology for faith, but I think faith is important because in God is love, all right? In God is the essence of love. The Bible says that God is love, all right? There's a there's a paradigm there that you need to understand, and nothing can be more true than in the realm of family, in the realm of your your wife, your tight relationship, your intimate relationship with your wife, guys. Uh, 
your your kids, just family, because family is the root. Family gets down to what you love most, the the sense of belonging. That's deep. That's third level love stuff. Okay. Your sense of belonging, part of your foundation as an individual, part of your your cognitive thought, part of your subconscious, part of your surface, a big part of your spiritual sense of who you are, way down deep, is based on your your family upbringing, your sense of belonging, how you were raised. I'm going to go into some of that today. I'm going to talk about now. I'm going to talk about the landscape of time. Uh, I'm going to talk, make a kind of an announcement about the way I've conducted the show in the past and the, and the way I wished to conduct it. Um, working through the uh, continuation of season one here and into season two as well. Uh, I was motivated by, influenced by, if you will, Danny Bonaducci, who did a reality show based on his life. Talked about this in some previous shows, but uh, in case you missed it, I'll cover it again. He uh, he intrigued me by the beginning of the show. You know, he's talking about. I'm not really sure who Danny Bonaducci is. I'm not clear on that. Um, guy's a massive sex addiction, alcohol, drugs. I mean, all at the same time. This guy had some serious stuff going on and, and the show is called Breaking Bonaducci. Um, this show has been me breaking, this has been breaking Russ Shaw. I'm kind of the poor man's Danny Bonaducci. I live in a, a city outside of Seattle. I, I don't live in Malibu, but you know, hey. Anyways, um, but I kind of took that attitude, you know. I'm a car accident. You have every right to slow down and look at the car accident, you know, and there's a certain pride and brokenness there uh, that I wanted I wanted to help people. I wanted to have you to have a me, somebody that has been through some victory. I started the show a year free of pornography. That was a huge deal for me. Never thought I could go a year uh, free from just porn. Uh, I have not failed since I've been recording my voice into the show. I've not had a system failure. I've been clean. I've been sexually sober since that first episode two years ago, roughly. So I, I celebrate two years of, of recovery. At the same time, I'm going to make an announcement because I love my wife and because I don't want this show to be a source of pain for her, another hurdle for her to get over. So my wife, my helper, my love, um, I, I want to apologize for being fast and loose with talking about my infidelity. I, I don't want to use a lot of that stuff. I'm not going to talk about details of what I've done in the past. I will address your emails. I will address some of the stuff that maybe you've had problems with infidelity and the attitudes that are attached to that, like the whys that are underneath what you're doing. And I can use some of my background to help you, some of my story to help you with that. I'm not your counselor. I can just tell you what worked for me and how that stuff hit me. And, and But I'm not going to go into my stories. I'm not going to hurt my wife. I'm not going to put my wife through the ringer doing this show. I love my wife. I'm not going to be, this is confessions of a sex addict. I'm not going to do that. 
because I love my wife and I don't want her to have to live through that again. I love her tremendously. There's a certain responsibility that comes with love. I love my wife and when I attach my identity to pride, to that that attitude that says, you know, I'm a car accident, you have every right to slow down and look at the car accident. When I attach my identity to my ministry, to, to what I do on the surface level layer of who I am and my identity, that surface level is so incredibly fragile and frail. And it's not loving my wife. It's not love to base the the identity on that and, and not becoming close to my wife and loving her having the responsibility in love that says you know I love you and and here I am to love you that's what I was made for and if there's anything I want you to understand is that love transforms from the inside out that's the that's the stuff that psychology and religion, you know, they're kind of an outside-in type of a, a conforming to a certain behavior pattern. The love is different than that. Love is something that gets in your heart and works its way out from the inside. I'm not. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough will. I'm not one of the guys who's uh, driven so hard that I can just conquer this thing on my own. I needed Jesus. And what that means is I, I held on to grace. That all the bad stuff that I did, Jesus really does wipe it away. The blood of Christ really does. We are bought with blood, all right? It's a blood covenant. And the thing about a covenant that's different than a law is that a covenant is love. It's made in love. We are in a blood covenant with God because he loves us and we can't earn our way. There's responsibility. Am I responsible for my sin? Yeah, I did it. Did Jesus take responsibility for my sin? Yeah, he did. In front of God, Jesus took responsibility for my sin on the cross. And he didn't do anything wrong. He was the perfect spotless lamb that was slain. And I know a lot of you heard a lot of this Da Vinci Code stuff and the tomb of Jesus and all that stuff. And, you know, that's nothing new. They've been trying to dispel that and Jesus for years. It's, just, it's not new. I'm not even going to address it. I mean, the, the Gospels are the closest historical. I'm not even going to go there, all right? Don't get me started on, on <laughs> the Da Vinci Code and, and the stuff that the Jesus papers and the tomb of Jesus. It's all, it's, it's nothing new, all right? It's been going on for thousands of years. Now they just do it with movies and TV specials and blogs and stuff like that. It's just different technology. It's all the same stuff. But the facts are that you do, there, there is a spiritual sense to this. There is reality in having a spiritual life. You get a spiritual life, you start to work on your relationship with God and not religion. That is not religion. You work on this one-on-one -on -one relationship between you and God and things start to transform, all right? You don't conform 
you transform. The gospel is news. It's called the good news. That's what it means. It's not advice. It's, it's past tense. It's something that already happened. It's not a club that you join. It, it, it's not like that, all right? It's news. It's the good news. Jesus died for your sin. It's a covenant of love. God loves you that much. And he wants to fill your heart with love. And that is shining back on your family. Because the family structure, especially here in the United States, has been fractured. Big time fractured. And families are not as, as strong as they used to be. I remember I talked about... Uh you know, growing up in the church and hearing First Corinthians 6 and, you know, you know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, do not be deceived. Neither the impure, the immoral, the idolaters, nor the those who participate in homosexuality, liars, cheats, greedy gaspers, drunkards, foul-mouthed revilers, slanderers, nor extortionists, robbers will inherit any share of the kingdom of God. You know, and, and they didn't finish that they never let Paul finish his thought. Um, but Romans 5, 9 says, uh, God demonstrates his own love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since now we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? If we're honest, the list, you know, the list in First Corinthians 6, we all find ourselves on that list. And that's the truth. The immoral, the impure, the liars, cheats, um, homosexuality. You know, here's the deal. People get hung up on homosexuality, except for, the, you know, especially the fundamentalist Christians. If you've ever masturbated, basically you've you've had sex with someone of the same sex. All right? That's just the truth. That is, uh, that is homosexuality, pretty much. So um, I don't know who doesn't fit in this, this category. But verse 11 says, Such were some of you once, but you've been washed clean, purified by the complete atonement for sin, made free from the guilt of sin. And you were consecrated, set apart, hollowed, and you are justified, pronounced righteous, by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of our God. It's not by my own power. The only thing I can do is fall at his feet. My righteousness doesn't come through me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. He didn't just pay for our sin, but he became our sin. It's only through grace, saved through humility, only in trusting in him. And this is the hard part, humility. You know, we all want to, we all want to accept grace, you know. Like we get busted or we get caught or we do something wrong and we're all Oh, please forgive me. You know, I get, come on, forgive me. I'm sorry. But do we want to give that back? You know, we hear about someone who did something wrong or we see something on the news and man, that person deserves to throw the book at them, you know, but ah, give me grace. Wait, give me grace. You know, I mean, that's just kind of human nature, isn't it? We all want grace, but we don't want to, we don't want to give it back. It's just weird like that. People are just weird like that. I've done that. We've all caught ourselves, man. If we really get honest, we've all been there judging somebody else and wanting, no, please give me grace, come on. We're all guilty of that, right? We're all guilty of judging people. You know, if we look down deep, our, our imagination starts to build this 
you know, carrying out judgment and sentence on on other people. And, you know, the sad thing is that uh, if we really get honest, guys, sometimes we're doing that with our wives. And I've done that with my wife, Dana. And I, and I love her so much, but I, to be honest, man, I, I sometimes I just would get get this this judging thing going on in my own heart. My wife Dana is awesome. She's my baby. She's my beloved. And I married her because you know she wouldn't put up with my crap, and I love that about her. Like she was the one person who cared enough about me to say no. You know, I'm not going to let you destroy yourself. So some of the stuff, some of the contempt coming at me that I thought was, you know, contempt was just kind of how she communicates sometimes. And what was I going to do? You know, put her on the list? That's what I've been doing, guys. And, and this is how God has been speaking to me through my wife for years. And I just, I just wasn't listening for a long time because of my own foolish freaking man pride. And through the last uh, few months, or I've been going through some stuff and, and going to, the, uh, like I said, the grace groups at Marsville Church in Seattle. And to make a long story short, um, the way my, my, uh, my attitude, my heart has been with all of that has been like, you ever spill paint or adhesive or something like that on the floor? You get this grunge in your basement or in your garage. You know, that sticky substance that likes to bond itself to whatever you spill it on. <clears throat> Overcoming addictions has been letting go and let God speak to my heart. Actually listening and going to the dark places with a putty knife and scraping that stuff off my soul. <sighs> Listen, lately, um, this has brought me to heart-gripping and soul-choking fear. It's easy to say that. You know, it's easy to to sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, you know, the, the hymn. But doing that takes faith. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in love. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, I am strong. It's easy to say that. But listen, if there's anything I've learned through this process is that fear has a voice. And it speaks loudly. And I've let that fear get to me. You know, I've not clung on to that verse. I've, I've not rested in the power of Christ and I've been you know just letting that fear get to me and one of the things I've learned and one of the the verses that I've let uh, I've let get in my heart and let open me up and that's the thing about the Bible if you let the if you let the scripture read you if you let it cut you open and, and shine light on your guts and inside your heart man it'll 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 show you stuff it'll speak to you God has been speaking this one to me for a while. Uh, Ephesians five, twenty-five through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word, presenting her to himself as the radiant church 
without stain or wrinkle, without any other blemish, but holy and blameless. A pastor at, at uh, Mars Hill said to me, you want to serve Jesus, stay single. You want to be Jesus, get married. A lot of truth in that. And I'm not saying that you know we can't serve Jesus if we're married, but listen, I believe this. My home, my marriage is how people see the gospel being played out in my house. It's like the guy with a fish sticker on the back of his car. You know, you confront him about his driving and he gives you the number one sign, right? No repentance, no accepting, you know, apologies, just judgment. He just doesn't care. Fish sticker on the back of his car, right? I don't think anybody drives well enough to have a fish sticker on the back of their car. That's just my personal philosophy. So how will I present my wife to me? I love those words. That's the words I've really been missing in this in this uh, scripture is, is to present herself to him. How will I present my wife to me? When I hear the hurting heart of my wife, what am I doing? Am I putting her on the list? Here she comes with her slander, her contempt, her judgment. That's not presenting her as holy and blameless to me. Our wives feel everything, guys. They don't speak the same language as us emotionally. This is her way of communicating to me, I need you, Russ. Please come closer. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like contempt. Hey, man, that hurts. She'll say stuff. But her heart is actually trying to draw me in. And I'm trying, if there's anything I'm trying to communicate to you guys is that when your wife gets angry like that, she's actually trying to draw you closer to her doesn't feel like it but it's true being on the receiving end of grace is easy giving away giving it away is tough in Matthew 6 in the Lord's Prayer Jesus says forgive us our debts even as we forgive our debtors Lord I forgive others forgive me like I forgive those people you know I mean that's a tough one Presenting herself as a radiant church without sin or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Presenting herself to me like that. This is the gospel. This is the gospel, guys. It's not all the the fluffy things that are spoke out in church, man. It's played right out in your home. You know, I can quote scripture to I'm blue in the face. But my wife is shouting at me or my wife is cold to me. How am I going to treat her? How am I going to look at her? As Christ does the church? As Christ does to you and me? I mean, we deserve hell. We deserve we deserve to get to the front of the line to hell. <laughs> but we're forgiven. We've been given grace. And giving that back to our wives is, is what I'm talking about. It's this, this attitude that I want you to get. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus has been saying, Russ, are you going to be the little C Christ or just talk about it? I can talk to friends and strangers about the gospel, man. I can. And God has been telling me, Russ, you need to do it if you want to teach it. You know, don't be the... You know, don't be the guy with a fish sticker on the back of his car where you're claiming to be a ministry leader, you know? go screaming at my wife or holding her in contempt or, you know, not looking at my kids with that, that attitude as well. You know, sometimes guys, we have to just, if we end up screaming at our kids and, and we screw, screw that up and we get our kids to wrath, you know, 
we build anger in our kids, and, and sometimes it's our tones, you know, just the way we speak and our, and our language with our tones, tone of voice is, is so important. Watching that with my wife, because I don't speak the same language as her emotional. Sometimes it's not what I say, but how I say it. And the same with my kids, you know, I could, I can rip into them as well, and, and with my tones. And sometimes, guys, it's having enough, having enough, you know, courage to walk into your kid's room and say, listen, uh, I probably handled that wrong. I, I probably used the wrong tone of voice. Uh, I, I screamed at you and yelled at you. That doesn't excuse what you did, but I, I need to apologize for my tone for yelling at you. You ever, you ever apologize to your kids, guys? I mean, seriously. That's a tough one. But I, I want you to get that, and that's when I, I, I got this, uh, a lot of this attitude from the book I Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egghart. There's things about the book that I disagree with. There's a lot I do agree with. There's a lot I recommend the book. Um, I, I don't think that uh, my wife should just blanche respect me, or, or I don't think the scripture says that. I don't think First Peter 3 is about that. Um like I said before, I'm glad my wife didn't uh, just submit to me in the past. It would have gone very, very bad. I was a drug-addicted, crazy person, all right? And she loved me through that. But I want you to, if there's anything I want you to understand, it's, it's that. It's that sometimes your wife's contempt for you, sometimes your wife coming at you, sometimes your wife being cold to you, is her actually shouting, please love me, please connect with me, please get closer to me. And here's the deal, guys. If she wounds you in that process, after you connect with her, after you get to that place, all right, where you're connected, and she, you know, it just brings some of that stuff up if it hurts you. And more often than not, guys, you'll find that she'll just say, you know, I just said that. I'm, I'm, she'll probably apologize for it more than likely. Try this. Try looking at your wife with these new eyes, with eyes of grace, like Jesus sees you, holy, blameless, stainless, without sin, because of his sacrifice on the cross. Anytime there's love, there's sacrifice. If you love something, you're going to sacrifice for it. That's just the way things are on planet Earth. And that concludes episode 50. Uh, my name's Russ Shaw. My email is russ at asi247.org. Please uh, visit the website. It's asi247.org. If you could, please leave a donation. Uh, if anything I've said here has uh, hit you in any certain way, or, you know, I just pray that you would donate. And if anything's helped you, like a and we paid hundreds of dollars for marriage conferences and books and stuff. And uh, I would just pray that you would give back a little. I could use the support. So, ASI247.org, I thank you for listening. If you could leave a review for me in iTunes, uh, that's the number one place where most people hear the show is through iTunes on uh, iTunes Store, through Apple, through the iPod. Again, love your wives. Don't ever freaking quit. Don't ever quit, man. You may fall down. 
you make it to that point, like the song says, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. You, right after it comes out of your mouth, you're going, oh, man, did I just say that? And you just find yourself backpedaling. Listen, love your wives, guys. Ladies, love your husbands. Love your spouse. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit on your marriage. I want to play a song by a band called Seventh Day Slumber. Um, also, you can go to the website, asi247.org, click on the Music tab, and you can actually buy these songs off of iTunes. Um, I don't get any money for that, but I want to support the music. And this is an awesome tune. It really uh, resonates with my heart. I could sing this song to Christ, and I could sing this song to my wife. Love. God is love. Remember that, you guys. And just don't ever quit on either. Don't ever quit on love at all. The song is by Seventh Day Slumber. It is called My Struggle. It is my attitude towards my wife. It is an attitude of grace. I love this song. Remember, life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to it. Till next time, bye. There must be some mistake Cause I'm not worth the price you pay With every passing hour I convince myself that you saw something in me But I can hear them still as the whispers laced with hatred fill the room I guess I'm wasting my time How could you love a man like me?
I'm not worth the price 